0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Amen. Behold the man, here he is, the King. That's what the sign the governor posted says, anyway. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. It's being proclaimed to everyone with that sign in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. It's written in the royal language, the universal language of the empire, and the legal legal language of the empire. It's proclaimed for everyone to see. Ah, uh, how glorious to have Christ Jesus proclaimed as king. Except this... Isn't the way you or I would have Jesus reigning as king? I mean, sure, Simon of Cyrene carries his throne to the hill of Golgotha, but it's not much of a throne, more of a wooden stake with a crossbeam. And Jesus doesn't rise and sit down on this throne so much as he is pinned to the throne and lifted up by the soldiers to be on exhibition. Instead of being comforted on this throne and having his needs met, Jesus suffers. He is in agony and pain. He is torturously suspended until he dies. And yes, he is crowned, but not with a very kingly crown. It's a bramble of thorns twisted together and sunk into his head. And he has attendants at his right and left hand, but they are notorious criminals. He's on his throne surrounded by sinners numbered with transgressors, and Jesus' clothes, what little he had, have been stripped from him and divided by the soldiers who are also casting lots for his seamless tunic. And the people who come by don't come by to pay their respects in the ordinary way that one does for a king. No, they come by hurling insults at him, mocking him, wagging or shaking their heads at his disgrace as if to say, poor, poor deluded Jesus thinks he's something Others call out to him to show his power. Didn't he say he was God's son? Hasn't he spoken of how much God loves him? Well, then let's see it. Let's see your power. Let's see your strength. Or at the very least, call on God to deliver you if you are who you say you are. Call on God to fight for you. But Jesus Where are the legions of angels? Where is your great power and glory? Come on. Show us some sign. We, too, yearn for this. We, too, call upon Jesus to act. We want him to act. I know because that's the way we normally think and desire. We take any movie where the chips are down. The good guy, our hero, is being beaten up and the bad guy seems to be winning. How much do we often desire to have the good guy rise up and overthrow the bad guy? We know he can do it. We know he has the strength. And when he does, we rejoice. We are glad. Yes, at last, we will show him who is bossed. We, like Peter, want Jesus to fight, and we would gladly fight by his side if he just spoke to us, just told us, Fight for me. This path of Calvary, with crucifixion as the end goal, cannot be the way to go. But it is the way Jesus goes. He lays down his strength and arms, he doesn't try to fight like Luke in the movie Return of the Jedi. He doesn't give into the temptation to be something else, to use the force of arms to strike down evil. He stands by who he is. He offers himself as a sacrifice to redeem us. Instead of being the mighty warrior king we want him to be, instead of being the glorious victor minus Calvary, minus his suffering and death, he goes through with it against our desires, against our wishes. We would want Jesus not to have to suffer on account of us. I mean, if we were in control, we would have God act differently to crush evil with his mighty power and justice. Truth be told, our hearts demand that God do it in our way. Hmm. Oh, how our hearts are so self-centered, always thinking they know best, always asserting that their way should be the right way, as if our hearts We're the true God. But that's why Jesus has come, after all. That's why he prays for us. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, have mercy on them. Wash away their sins. Yes, they're my enemies, but they don't have a clue. They don't understand. Go for my sake. Forgive them. Because without your forgiveness, they will be forever lost. And here, in such distress and agony, Jesus shows his care even for us, even for sinners. For us. For the ones judging him as we do. This is not the way a king acts. And yet, here he is, king of sinners, taking and absorbing all our sin and then praying for us to be forgiven. This prayer of his creates faith. It causes us to believe in him. Even one of the criminals witnessing this repents of his sinful demands for Jesus to jump off the cross and consigns himself to Jesus' care. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What kingdom? The one he is reigning over and establishing right there on Calvary. He is truly on the throne of sinners, sacrificing himself so that sinners who turn from their evil back to him, back to the one who forgives, who buries their sin in the black hole of his death. Truly, truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Wow. What a promise. Today, today, you have salvation. Today, you are delivered. For Jesus has redeemed us, lost and condemned sinners. He has purchased and won us from all sins, death, and the power of the devil. Why? Simply put, Jesus did all this so that I may be his own, and live under him in his kingdom. Which means you don't belong to sin or death. You don't belong to the so-called emperor Satan. No, you belong to the Lord King Jesus. He has actually lived for you. He has truly died for you. He has sacrificed himself for you. He took in the curse of sin. He took in all the evils of sin and did what the king of sinners had to do suffered the curse of damnation for his people, being forsaken by God, and finally dying. But that was not the end. Yes, he was struck down and buried, but he rose again. He rose for you. He became the first fruits of the new creation, And since you are attached to him by faith, by his word and baptism, well, the old is gone, and behold, the new has come. You are new creations. For everything he has done, he did for you. His kingdom has been established for you. His Good Friday reign extends over you to the present day. He lords his death over you in your baptism, right where he promised to deliver his salvation to all who believe. He reigns by declaring to you, your sin, all of it, is forgiven. He reigns by fixing you a meal of his body and blood with the bread and wine in his supper. His supper is the place, after all, where you have paradise, on earth, where you experience his reign again and again until we enter into the paradise of heaven. For in his supper stands the tree of life, the cross of Jesus, the tree from which he reigns, giving out the fruit of life, the medicine of immortality, his very own life given and shed for you to eat and drink so that you never die. That's Jesus' kingdom. That's the reign he sets up for you. That's the rule he establishes on the cross. He is king. Your king. My king. The one into whom we entrust ourselves, body and soul, and all things. We are his, after all, purchased and won by his blood. And he rules among us, even now, in his word, and sacraments. He has not forgotten us, but remembered us, remembered you, his forgiven people, even unto death. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you.